back to another episode of the Miles Driven with me, Miles. And head of designating tax returns, Sam. Oh, good one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've done, you've been our head of... Oh, you were ahead of our accountancy department. Yes, but now I'm head of designating right. tax. Oh, Sorry, okay. what I meant so is delegating. De- yes, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I think you mean delegating. Well, I should designate that we need to delegate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, today, we're going to talk about the car sort of landscape and how things are changing to make some cars appear almost uncompetitive. But I thought before I did that, I'd tell you a story to sort of illuminate my point. I believe you said two things on the last podcast that we were going to do. Yeah, it is. It's this story Yeah, going into... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Sam and I were once tasked with getting some balloons for... Was it your sister's birthday? Probably. So I think your mother had sent us off. And which was a terrible idea because we were about 22, Ish. 23 at the time, yeah. sending us two off in a car to, craft. <laughs> yeah, to collect a load of helium balloons <laughs> is asking for catastrophe. But when we got there, so I thought we were going to pick up about 10 balloons. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you thought about yeah. the same. Well, because there was going to be a couple of balloons and then two of the giant number things, wasn't there? For yes. Whatever date, whatever year it was. And then someone walked to us with about 100 balloons. <laughs> <laughs> and we just looked at them and were like, is this all for us? Yeah, okay. Walked outside to the stiff breeze of the... <laughs> <laughs> and then managed to get about four of them in your car and had an absolute riot of a time just laughing away at how this was never, ever going to happen. Yeah. And the fact that we were on a time constraint didn't matter anymore. <laughs> the fact that if you really methodically thought it out you probably could do it didn't matter the, the fun we were having was simply based and it was all based around the idea of we've been given a task which now we've made into this sort of fun of we can't do it and sam's on one side of the car trying to shove in a number i'm in the other side of the car trying, trying to shove in 10 balloons yeah and stop all the ones that are currently in there escaping and as we were having fun uh a, Karen. Ki- a kind woman <laughs> decided to come over. Called and, Karen. <laughs> yes. And and help, basically. By saying, oh, you'll never do it like that. And then instructed us on how to do it. And it was all done and dusted within about two minutes. But she came over in a very matter-of-fact way. You know, oh, yeah. I know better than you, sort yeah. of. So and it was kindness. It was masked kindness. Yeah, it was sort of like, these two boys need help. When actually, if you had looked from a distance and you... Had ever seen what fun looks like. Yeah. Well, and laughter, here the uh, enjoyment, the, the sound of laughter drifting yeah. on the breeze. You probably think those two guys are having a riot of a time. <laughs> they're probably not going to have their balloons in a couple of minutes, but they're yeah. having a riot of a time. And you know what? What is life about in the end? It, it is fun. Like you, the end, the last days you ever have, you'll think about the fun that you've had. Not, oh, I'm glad I got that ruler line. <laughs> I mean, maybe that would be you, but um, people, you know, we want to have fun. And, and in that case, what essentially happens is it's a bit like when you're a child, you know, having a running race and you're a little bit quicker than the kid next to you and then some other kid sort of like ties their shoelaces up really tight and then they try and do it yeah. and everything else. And then a teacher comes along and just batters all of you. It's sort of like, well, you've ruined the fun of the fun of trying. Yeah. Like playing football with your kids in the garden. Yeah. And sort you of know, like, they're, and they're yeah, lobbing and then, you and then they laugh at you. Oh, look, you're rubbish at this game. Yeah. You're like, right, okay, cool. Let me take a penalty against you. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just bicycle kids left, right, <laughs> But I think that just to transition that point on a little bit, what cars ha- have to supply to people past their practical use is fun. They have to have an element of fun about them. Now, I know if it's a milk float, 
and it simply exists to do a job. People may say, well, no, it doesn't need to be fun. It just needs to do a job. And I'd argue that. I'd say that some of the greatest fun I've had in vehicles have been probably with Sam, and they've been in utter rubbish that is not intended to do what we've decided to do with No, it. and all owned by you. Yes, definitely. Because <laughs> I, I don't buy impractical rubbish. <laughs> but there's somewhat memories that will just pop into your mind sometimes. You know, I think of when I was in the trade and you'd get like an old van, an old transit van that had a hole in the back of it. Mm-hmm. And you just think, this vehicle has been made practically. But for whatever reason, you had a right laugh in yeah. that vehicle. And cars have to be able to provide that. Now, when one of the other big things about you know, cars and having fun is if we go back to our previous conversation in the last podcast about people tuning them up and stuff and someone's got 120 horsepower well it's yeah. got 125 horsepower <laughs> well that th- this guy's got a set of cams that he's fitted over the last six months and he's gone to a garage <laughs> and now he's got 127 brake horsepower <laughs> at the end of the day it's fairly harmless this mm-hmm. because you're you're moving the needle barely but you're enjoying yourself while you're doing it and this is why if you look at some of the most popular automotive um, car channels on things like YouTube or on for TV shows is actually rebuilding old cars or rebuilding a car. Yeah. Or whatever it may be. Or modifying a car to be better than it is. Mm-hmm. The problem we have today is that ultimately the, the big, you know, the sort of big, uh, let's say you're in that running race example, the big teacher who, you know, they can run it in <laughs> 12 seconds and you can't. They exist now permanently in a lot of electric vehicles. Yeah. And you find this argument happens more and more often where people are sort of saying, well, this would be fun. This, Oh, this is quick. Well, it's not as fast as this. Well, yeah, okay. And it's, a, I mean, Tesla and Lucid are, are great examples of EVs like it, but there's a lot of uh, European manufacturers that do the same. You know, the... Um, can't remember the name of the Mercedes, but they're doing a an AMG version that's electric, and it's like oh, okay, so you know it's going to have an AMG badge on it, yeah, and it'll decimate everything. Okay, great, but the 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 fun is in the journey. It's in it's in well, the game. It's also, it's not fun having that on the road anyway, because you're not enjoying no. yourself, are you? Because you're not thinking, oh, if I can I can eke out getting past my mate in his car here yeah, yeah, on yeah. an empty dual carriageway. Because we're very sensible people when yeah. you do it with the dual carriageway is empty. Uh, oh, and there goes my other mate. He's got this electric car and he's he's already at the roundabout. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, he's home. Oh, brilliant. Okay, whistling third gear, yeah. trying to get over this hill. I, I, it's, it's not fun, is it? And also, he's not having fun because he's having to concentrate on every single nano possibility that could happen. Yeah, because he's because going, he's going that so fast. fast. Yeah, that, that that's something I think has been lost in in. Car oh, sorry. Shows. And also, and he's Joe the Bricky. <laughs> not Lewis Hamilton. No, yeah, exactly. So, not he's not a professional yeah. racing driver that can yeah. actually deal with this amount. It's, of speed. it's like chucking you in a space shuttle and going right off you go, <laughs> yeah. and you going right. There's oh, a lot oh, of switches oh. here. I'm not sure what oh, anything does. I'll just start banging away at switches, <laughs> switches, and see which one goes on. No, I think I think you're right, Sarah. I think the, so the the challenge for me is that we we have these things, but ultimately. That's the engineering passion and, and, you know, solution. But sometimes you can almost engineer yourself out of a job. Yeah. And if people, like, the closer and closer cars get together, I, I don't know why manufacturers do this. They seem to not realise that if 
you keep making things to the same data point, which is just faster and easier, well then, what's the point in the differentiation of your brand? Yeah. You know, if if it's just a box that's going to move your body from where it is to the shopping centre, <laughs> the gym, the lake, the park, then you don't you stop caring as much. And of course, there are people today that don't care about cars at all. They they have no interest in them. They are just a a method of transportation. Yeah, but they generally aren't the ones that are driving. I know there's a big argument that people will say, well, they are the ones that drive the whole automotive trade because they're the ones that buy cars. Yeah, but they they they're, buy they're just buying a car. It's not necessarily about which brand, which model, which trim level. No. It's about I need. A, a hatchback yeah or i need a saloon or i want a crossover or i want yeah. a suv and i quite like vw or i quite like citroen or i've heard so and so are meant to be yeah. good not a, i want to buy a something 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 in this spec and the problem uh, again people can say well they buy cars and it's like yeah they do not high value ones though like not as in no not necessarily in, when i say not high value don't um People could get that a bit confused and think I mean the sticker price isn't, yeah. isn't that high. It can be an expensive car, but it can be low margin because manufacturers generally are making the big end of their profit on people picking, you know, the different wheels, the sport pack, the upgraded audio, whatever else, because the cost for them to provide it is a lot less than the than cost what they charge of the, of the they, product. Yeah. They're, they're building it anyway. Yeah. You know, if you go to a manufacturer and say, oh, I'll have the $2,000 or pound um, upgraded audio system, they have to fit an audio system to the yeah. car. <laughs> so they get to not fit the standard one and fit the upgraded one, which someone is going to put in that car when it's produced anyway. Yeah, so it's, it's, not, it's not like they're taking out the standard one and putting in... No, they don't build <laughs> it, then remove it, and they have to pay I think a lot of people to... get confused that. They think that they're buying a car that's been made. So what? let's take an example of a VW Tiguan. Yeah. So VW will make all Tiguans, and they'll all be a two-liter diesel. Yeah, and they'll be in base spec, cloth seats, basic yeah. radio, uh, basic trim level, basic wheels, basic sizes. However, Jane has come in and she's selected the Arctic pack, or the Winter pack, or whatever. Yeah, and that's got the bigger wheels. Uh, it's the R line seats. Yeah, so it's, it's got heated leather. Uh, it's got a Bose system in it, uh, electric tailgate all this sort of stuff. So now what they've got to do is go back to the factory, take Tiguan from his box, <laughs> take him back to the factory, take the engine out, <laughs> put a new one in, take all the body panels off to replace them with the new body panels, take out all of the internal wiring, and that's why they think it's so expensive. I'm not suggesting everyone's like that, but no, I think no, there probably are people out there that think like that. I think there's a lot of people that think basically a, a chassis gets built. As if they don't even think that far, but they just think, it, the basis of it gets built, yeah, and then you know if I pick this pack or that pack, that will depend what they you know they they have to order in all those bits, and it's not it's just not how it is. If you ever no, they just pick pick it off the shelf on the right as opposed to the shelf on the left, yeah, exactly. In fact, if you look at a lot of car manufacturers, because so many of them are part of larger automotive groups, you can get in a lot of cars and notice bits from other cars. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And that's been around for as long as time's been around. I mean, I remember the. There was a story of uh, when Aston Martin were owned by Ford, and I think it was the window switches. Yeah, which is straight out of a Ford Focus. Well, just, stuff, there's stuff on Bentleys that are yeah, there's VW parts. The VW on Bentley. parts, yeah, yeah. And so the, <laughs> uh, to the point where what is it? Um, one of the manufacturers, it might be 
the Volkswagen Group, or it might be BMW. I think it's BMW. You can just get a software update. So you get your own sort of bit of kit at home. Mm-hmm. And you can change the um, dials and everything as if it's got the new sort of screen dials yeah. to be a Rolls Royce, <laughs> because it, all the data is just loaded on one box. Yeah. And then at the factory, they just press this is a BMW yeah. 330 diesel. So you just go in and select this is now a Rolls Royce, <laughs> yeah. and, and it will change what the dials look like. It, will it doesn't change the, the outside of the car. No, it <laughs> but you know, to, to that point, they just have they just load everything into a box and then pick out from that box yeah you know tell the the car what it is so i think the, the enthusiasts are generally the ones that will spend the extra money with the manufacturer to have those upgrades and that is what is driving profit and it's not just me saying this manufacturers said about three years ago and I'm, this isn't just one manufacturer this was a large pool of the biggest manufacturers in the world i think toyota were one of the only exceptions where they said we're going to build less cars with higher profit margins, yeah. like Ferrari. And it's like, well, you're not Ferrari, you're Sayat. And you're there's also a limited amount of pool of people that can afford who, to buy Ferraris. Yeah, who are going to keep going, you know, on that. But through, you, you know, excuses of uh, supply chains and everything else, they've been able to basically do that. The, the supply of cars has reduced, I think in the UK, it was about 2 million cars um, a year. Think were being shifted, it were, da- were down to like seven hundred and fifty thousand. How long? As a random question, how long can manufacturers keep blaming chip shortages for the prices End of, time. of cars? End of time. Because surely we must be on a way to being caught up now. Because uh, we... I, I genuinely heard someone. I, I read a comment the other day. I don't know if it was on an article or a, a video, and so <laughs> someone was on about the price of cars. And someone said, yeah, well, it's not necessarily just the chip shortage, you know. There was that big container ship that like, um, capsized in the sea and we lost a load of cars. I was like, was wasn't, was, wasn't that mainly Porsches and Bentleys? And, <laughs> and there was some Volkswagens on there, but they were That's fine. not affecting someone trying to buy a Mazda 2. No, it really isn't. <laughs> Unless they put all of the chips inside these cars and ship yeah. them over. There's a scuba diver trying to get all those chips yeah. out of those cars. <laughs> I think this was already a known... But the, the, what I find funny is that this was already being discussed back in... Like 2018 2019 there was discussion about there is an impending shortage coming up of semiconductors and all that sort of stuff but it's fine we have a plan for it you know it it, will, mm-hmm. it may have some global effects very minor then obviously the world shut down for a few months well for a, a couple of years but in different levels let's yeah, say. yeah. some places sort of carried on working other places had lockdowns whatever else and since then Manufacturers seem to have sort of gone, well, actually, we sold less cars, but we made more money. That means we have to employ less staff. Huh. Well, if we don't, you know, and I'm sure there's an agreement. You know, if you sign up to a semiconductor company, it's like anything. If you need a haircut. Yeah. And you'll find a, a barber's. If a million people need a haircut in one village, you can bet that someone's going to learn how to cut hair. Yeah. There's going to be more competitors. <laughs> yeah. So the whole thing with semiconductor thing, for me, I, I don't really... For a start, because I've seen a lot of um, cars coming with fewer parts on, as in like they'll have infotainment things stripped out. Right. I mean, okay. if you're looking, if you listen to this podcast in 2026, 
and you're looking at a four-year-old used car don't buy it like just seriously just buy like a 24 model or a 19 because everything in the middle yeah it seems or probably 2020 was fine maybe 2021 but all the middle stuff it seems to be like oh well we haven't got this stereo in stock so we're just gonna strip that out of our brochure it's like, oh, hold on, what are you doing? But the price will stay the same. The price, yeah, the price <laughs> stayed the same. The price went up. <laughs> it, to me, that's where you kind of go, well, hold on, what's actually happening here? Because there's lots of reports of different things, and of course, different areas of the world are having um, different restrictions put on them. For, yeah. For, um, for either either involuntary, you know, you, the Ukraine are trying their hardest to obviously get Mm -hmm. um, whatever industries they have to keep producing but it's not that easy when you're being um well, when you're under attack from another nation <laughs> yeah. uh, of course russia there's lots of people in russia that worked in manufacturing yeah fairly cheap labor they were doing a good job and because of global sanctions on russia because of what's going on their their products are no longer coming to the global market although they are sort of finding their way through other means and yeah. getting around but it delays everything and I think ultimately, you know, you have these restrictions that exist for a reason. But when car manufacturers then suddenly start saying, well, we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't do this, we can't do this, but we're not going to change the prices on anything. Yeah. Is there a certain point, do you think, where all these big companies now are thinking that the public are just, they'll go along with whatever we say so we can lie and make more money? Uh, that's probably a really... Depressive, it's a, it's a very looking cynical way of looking at it. But, <laughs> but is yeah. there, there must be some element of truth in it at this I point. think there's an element to it. I, for me, the fact that Toyota seem to not play ball with this general world ethos, and they're very much like, we're going to keep selling cars, and they're available, and they're at the dealer, go and buy them. Yeah, to good. Me, good for them. Yeah, to me, that's kind of like, well, hold on. I know they can do it because they've... There's different. Uh, there's there's a different thing going on for them. They've taken a lot of control over their uh, supply lines. Yeah. So just historically, that's how they've developed as a company. Which means when there are disturbances in global markets, it affects them less. However, yeah. you know, if you want to buy a Ford or a Toyota, and Toyota have the car, you're a consumer. You're just going to buy the one that's Toyota. there. Yeah. yeah the, <laughs> this one's here, and it's the one I want. Yeah. So unless Ford have made a, a, such an incredible version of their own <laughs> that it's just mind-blowing, you're not going to wait for it. But I think... It's like if I want to buy a Mars bar, but I go to Audi and they haven't got any Mars bars, but they've got their own version of Mars bar, buy I'll that. buy that because yeah. it's there and that's what I want. <laughs> and also, if like bringing up the semiconductor example, if there was such a global shortage, bear in mind you're just creating a part. Yeah. It's not like it you know dances and it has such amazing understanding mm -hmm. like you're building something to specification yeah so you do need some um, engineering some understanding a factory blah blah but things that can be done in a year or two yeah well we're a year or two and uh, yeah into this why and, are we not catching up now and if they knew in 2018 2019 i'm sure there were some investors around who were mm -hmm. like hold on a minute you're telling me that people are definitely going to buy this and there's a shortage and it's now, unlike these big companies to not make money where they can. I was going to say, <laughs> if you, you very rarely hear of like you know angel investors or investment companies that miss a trick like that. Like, yeah. Oh, we just didn't see it coming. Yeah, we had we we were presented this opportunity to make millions, <laughs> and we just thought, oh, we're not really sure about that. I think one of the things that I 
it's existed for a long period of time that motorists have generally doesn't matter where you are in the world they're an easy target to get extra money out of because yeah. we have built a world in the west and in the developing parts of the world they're also building in exactly the same way with a few exceptions a personal transportation um city you know our, our entire network that we build is around personal transportation mm -hmm. and i understand why actually because and i said oh i said i was going to bring up ev taxis in this one okay which is a nice point to transition when i was doing this journey and i was i was going from stockholm to copenhagen and i got the train right because there's a train that runs you could fly it but it was slightly more expensive to fly. And you know what? I've never got the train from Stockholm to Copenhagen. There might be some nice things to see on the way. As it turns out, not so much. But <laughs> <laughs> but there's lots of nice nature and fields. And you know what? Stuff that I just don't see on a daily... You know, it's slightly different to the UK because it's in a Scandinavian country. And you know, if I was doing it in the summer, I would have seen a lot more of it. It went, it got dark after an hour of being on the train. So, of course, all I was seeing is darkness. Yeah. <laughs> but I understood immediately. So, my partner and I, we'd done um, Stockholm to Oslo in a BMW X1 about four years ago. We rented one. Right. And now we were doing a nearly identical distance, which is Stockholm to Copenhagen. But we were doing it on a train. By a country mile, it was better when we did it in a car. And I had to drive in the car. And I had yeah. to find a parking space at the end of it, which I didn't have to do when we got into Copenhagen. I just got off the train, turned right, and walked to my hotel. But it's, it's no one's fault. It's just that when you're on a train filled with people yeah. for hours, it was a <laughs> six-hour train ride. Yeah, it I was, know, I was very much looking forward to hearing about this. Because <laughs> I knew you'd be miserable. It was just that... You, you, it isn't as good as a car. It just isn't. Like it, I was. I had my headphones in and all that sort of stuff, but I didn't have my own personal space in my own, you know, car that I've spec'd the type of seat that I want that I know is particularly comfortable. I haven't got my music or a podcast or something playing. I haven't got that cocoon, yeah, of a car. And I had someone who sat next to me, nice bloke, but he was. I genuinely thought you were talking about your wife then. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> She's all right. <laughs> she, we were sat facing each other because we had a table seat. Right, okay. And we made the mistake of we switched uh, because I, I was going to go backwards and she was going to go forwards. But there okay. was someone sat next to me. And so she said, oh, do you want to switch? Because she doesn't mind going backwards. I don't care which direction I'm traveling on a train either. Yeah. But the, the seat next to her was free. I'm a bit taller. A little bit, you know, it's just I could be more comfortable. Yeah, but a guy got on about two stops afterwards and sat next to me because the train then filled up. As you went to the next major city, there were a lot of people who were doing the Stockholm to Malmo, which is what okay. this train yeah. was doing. So once you got to the bigger sort of towns and cities in between, the train started to fill up, and I had a guy sat next to me. And I, he was sort of not through. He wasn't. He. I don't think it wasn't deliberate. He just was there with his legs spread out wide and his arms spread out across his seat and across mine. Right. And I'm thinking, so I'm now sort of just touching some stranger. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're both taller guys and this is now uncomfortable. Yeah. Our shoulders are sort of up against each other, which means you're, you, you're not sort of sat as comfortably as you want to be. 
And then I, I went back and I thought, you know, don't get that in the car. <laughs> you don't. This is the problem: is as a society, we very rarely pick something that is worse. Yeah. Like if you say to someone, okay, there's two options for how you can eat today. You can have this place where you like, and you'll get a nice table. Or this one's kind of the environment, but you have to sit right next to another couple who you don't know, and the food li- menu is limited. Yeah. People will just pick the one they like. Yeah, of course they will. Now, if you can do that second option and it's better, people will pick that. That's just what humans do. We pick whatever is the better option, as long and in, unless it's a huge amount of uh, money difference, then we'll, you know, when you get on a plane, of course, most people will fly economy rather than first class. First yeah. class is better, yeah. but it's also 10 times the price. <laughs> yeah. So there is a, a, a price point, but it takes me back to cars, and I kind of think sometimes there might be a little bit of, well, we don't want people to get in cars, so what about if we just make it so expensive? Yeah. And force people off, and... That's not the right way to go about it. Like, if your mindset is coming from that way, from, you know, uh, whether it's governments or local councils or train companies or bus companies, like, make the product better, people will get on it. Like, if you had uh, buses that just ran constantly, loads of space, very, very comfortable, that would mean that someone who at the minute has to buy an SUV, yeah, I say has to, but, you know, they want something they can be comfortable in, so they buy like a mid-size SUV. And what they really would like to buy is a Mazda MX-5. Yeah. But they can't because they, as, as opposed to just having a car for a Saturday where they could get away with just having a Mazda MX-5, yeah. they needed to use it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and on Sunday to go on yeah. a long-distance drive somewhere. If you said, well, we, we've made such a good public transport system, you can You can have that. your weekend car. Yeah. And, and then just, yeah. Who doesn't want to do that? But... We we don't make it a better experience. As I no. say, when I'd driven all the way to Oslo, it 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 wasn't as easy as just being sat on a train. No, and okay. I quite like a long train like yeah. ride. I don't really like it when I've got to just commute somewhere. But a long train ride to go off somewhere, you see another part of the world and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but it it wasn't even equal to getting in a car, and in fact, it wasn't anywhere close to equal a car and i think the cost of it as well if i remember correctly it was the same if i put it if you factor in the fuel and everything else yeah it's about the same cost so it makes it really difficult to yeah it does doesn't it um so i think some of that might be the other side of this is manufacturers sort of say well we know people are making the personal decision you know that they're there and they want personal transportation because the options are rubbish. And so we can ask more money because until there's such a big gap... There's no other option. Yeah. Yeah. Until it's like, okay, a bus is now so much cheaper that it's not a choice anymore. Like, it's just, I have to, you know, I have to go for this route because you've got to pay your other bills. And this is generally what happens if you get on a bus. It's not filled with people who own cars. No, generally, no, it's not. You, you don't get on there, and you, I mean, it go, oh, so you've got a Porsche for the weekend, or do you, you, you like got a yeah. little Mazda, or you got one of those old Mitsubishi FTOs? It's or? usually full of people going. If I had any other means of transport, I, I would get on it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, this just moves me on to the taxis, right? Because 
taxis have obviously been forced to um, go down a either electric or a hybrid route in most mm -hmm. places. Now in London, I didn't actually realise this. Oh, taxis! I thought you said taxes. No, I was about to say, look, I've got something else we can talk about. Yeah, that isn't <laughs> taxes that I've just thought about? But if you're saying taxis, no taxis. Uh, so, let's just see if you know new black cabs in yeah. London. What what what's their propulsion? They're electric. Anything else? Don't think so. No. See, that's what I thought. Because did you know they make vans as well? Yeah. It's, uh, what's the company called? I, I genuinely thing? don't know what the thing is, but they they make like Golden. normal white vans, don't they? Because I saw one driving around the other day. Yeah. Thought it was a cab. Oh no, hang on, it's got no windows <laughs> and it's white. There's <laughs> a Chinese company bought the original company that made the London cabs. I have to say, design-wise, they've done a really good job. Oh yeah, they like, have. They look just like black cabs. Yeah, yeah, the the new ones. Yeah. The the problem is, uh, and I didn't realise this, they have an engine in the boot. Oh really? And that engine is a generator. Right. So they don't power the wheels with the generator. Okay. So it doesn't have to be classed as a hybrid. No, it's fully electric, but with a so onboard actually, generator. So like what Top Gear made. <laughs> yeah, I think technically it is a hybrid. Okay. Because to be a B a BEV a battery electric vehicle, it has to have no other way of charging itself but from oh, the okay. mains cord. This is one of those limitations. That's why the BMW i3. If yeah. you own an i3. And you own one that doesn't have a range extender, you can drive in the centre of London for free. Oh, really? If you have one that has a range extender, which is a little two-stroke, like, uh, sorry, two-cylinder engine that will give you an extra 30, 40 miles of yeah. range, you're not allowed to drive. <laughs> uh, you have to pay the condition charge. And also, do you know the reason why the fuel tank is so small in them? It's because if the fuel tank was any bigger, you'd be able to get more range off of the generator than off of a charge, <laughs> and that would make it a different uh, yeah. type of vehicle. Basically. <laughs> like it's, so anyway, um, when going from in, in Copenhagen, going to the airport, I had a chat with um, a taxi driver, and he had a Mercedes GLB, a sort of small SUV, yeah, but the fully electric okay. one. And he said, um, he said this was like forced. He had to change the vehicle he had had I think previously had a Mercedes E-Class. Okay. Had to change it because that was the rules of Copenhagen. Now he had to have an electric vehicle. And he spent the entire journey. His English was pretty good. The entire journey. I didn't ask for his opinion on electric cars. I just said, oh, it's the new GLB. Oh, it's the electric one. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. How would you find it? As in, you know. Yeah. You drive it around all day. Yeah. What's it like? I'm interested. I work in a car sphere. Mm -hmm. Give me your review of it. The entire. Well, you say no. I don't give reviews away for free, mate. No, exactly. Yeah, I want. This going to think the, I am stupid. I'm going to put the uh, the meter on times two. <laughs> the whole thing was how awful it would that oh, it was really? electric. He said basically he lost half of his range summer to winter. Well, you would, wouldn't you? And the, his downtime had gone from three minutes when he used to fill the, the cab up, which yeah. he said he usually would fill up his. Yeah, say it was a diesel. I'm pretty sure it was an E class. He said he used to fill up in the quiet time. So he said, like, there's points in the night when he'd go out to, because he knew a cheaper petrol station that was mm -hmm. a few pence cheaper. So he would drive out there, fill up, and then on the way back, he'd stop at the airport and just wait for a fare and yeah. come back into the city. But that would sort of be a planned route that he could do. And it meant that if he picked up, like, if he got a call on the way, 
he could just still go and do that job and yeah. then go and do this. Yeah. But he only did it once every three or four days because he could do, he was telling me in kilometers, so I can't quite remember, but he, was, he could do like 800 kilometers-ish okay. per tank. In his new car, he could do between 150 to 300 kilometers. Wow. Depending on time of year mm-hmm. and use. And it was taking him between 35 minutes to an hour to charge up yeah. to like 80 odd percent. So he was doing, he wasn't, he was never stopped for the full, whatever it would have been, 30 to 40 mm-hmm. minutes to on a fast charger. He was always doing 10 minutes, then getting back out because he said, time is literally money to him. Yeah. Like if, if he is outside the front of a hotel at, yeah, this time, this time, the checkout times basically, yeah. and the, you know, around the airport. Then he'll get a fare. Then he'll get a fare. And he'll make his money. Mm-hmm. That's how, and he makes his money by putting the meter on for the time of him driving. Yeah. If he's driving that car in any direction but to where a punter wants to go. Yeah. And it, you know because it's he's having to charge up, he's having to yeah, it's costing him, and he's not making anything for that time. Yeah. So he was going through this, and I was like, well, yeah, how bad is it? Because I thought, oh, no, he's probably just had a bad day or week. You know, obviously it was pretty cold, so his charge has gone right down. And he was. He said, if he can do this for another two years, he'd be happy. But he he can't afford wow. to do it past okay. that. So this is someone going out of business. <laughs> yeah. Like I, when he when he said that, I was like, is it that bad? He said, it's it's charging up about four times a day. You know. And yeah. So it's because not it, on. As I said, he's not doing a full charge each time, because again, when the places he goes to, you've usually got six other cabs. Yeah, who also want him to get charged up. So there's a little bit of, if you just sit there for 45 minutes, and while another cab has to wait for 45 minutes, you know they're going to get very upset with you. You wouldn't like it if someone did it to, to yeah. you. So generally, the the idea the idea they have is you get in, do 10 minutes. That will give you say 50 kilometers. You can go and get a job, then you can come back. And you know they're they're running around this idea. And he said, it's just changed the way. Yeah, he's operating with mm-hmm. a vehicle. When I came back and we we landed, and had to get a black cab because I'd really hurt my ankle, and you have to get to the third floor of Heathrow car park to get an Uber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I I was like, oh, hang on, the the escalator goes from level one to level five because that's arrivals and departures, but only the lifts or the elevators they they only go between the floors, and the the just ram of people trying yeah. to get into yeah. there. I was like, I, I can't do it. <laughs> so we went to a... I thought, do you know what? We're not going that far. So we got into a black cab. I tried to talk to the driver about that, but he was less interested in conversation. Oh, okay. But That's a shame. Do you know what was funny? Is, well, he, but he told me a few bits, and he was sort of saying, yeah, that's when I learned about the generator. Right, okay. He was like, yeah, he said, uh, to be honest, and <laughs> he was pretty frank. He's like, I, he's... Exactly. I can't. I'm not going to give you verbatim what he said, but it's basically I don't care about the pollution. I just fill up with the petrol, let that charge the generator. Uh, sorry, let the generator charge the battery and keep working. Yeah. I was like, isn't the whole point that you're able to sort of go and plug in and be zero? Yeah. Off the tailpipe at all times. He's like, I don't care what it is. Like I, I've got family to feed. Yeah. I was like, fair enough. Yeah. You know, you can't but, blame him. But- but the whole idea, so we've transitioned cab drivers from using a diesel engine, which was just a diesel engine, yeah. to now having two engines, 
it seemed like a... Well, it's a classic case of people who are only ever going to read the headline, aren't they? Yeah. They won't read the paragraphs cans. underneath yeah. it. Um, but the one... I imagine that... it's the same with the electric buses. The new London buses. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have a... Um, I think they have like a hydrogen or something generator or something weird. Yeah. Which but, is probably better. Oh, but... it is. But then I can't... They tried to use that for a while... I don't actually know that they're still using it. I'm pretty, I'm, well, I'm, I'm not positive because I've not seen any successful fully electric buses just running all the time off of charge. No. Um, it's just, it's, it doesn't it's too fit. Big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't fit. Everyone has said this apart from Elon Musk who seems to think lorries are going to all go electric. But yeah. <laughs> everyone has said that it's, when you, once you get to a certain weight point, the advantages of, EV are lost, and so you're better off looking at you know alternate fuels yeah. for the engines that we have, um, and the future production of engines. But the the funny thing for me is getting in that Mercedes, which was a Mercedes, and so should have you know some luxury elements to mm -hmm. it, and should make you remember it in some way. And getting in a black cab, which is a moving box on wheels yeah. to move people from one side of the city to the other, was no difference. There wasn't a lot. <laughs> there wasn't a lot because of the the way they ride. They both had battery packs under the floor. Yes, they ride similar. They do, and and they do, do and all the noise is gone from the engine. Yeah. So what you hear is every little noise of the suspension and the brakes that you didn't yeah, previously or, hear, or any plastic rattle, or <laughs> which makes them feel really cheap. Yeah. You know, if you get in, if you got into a car, an old used car, mm -hmm. and you can hear every rattle and squeak, and the, you think, oh, it's, yeah, this is a, it's a bit ropey, isn't it? it needs, yeah, <laughs> you know, it needs a bit of work. If you get in a brand new car and it's all buttoned down, you can't hear a single thing. It's like, a, like everything whispers along. It feels premium. Yeah, of course it does. When you have an EV, even the slightest squeak is yeah, is heard. Is noticeable. I mean, yeah, you can hear. The driver breathing. <laughs> we had the same when we had that van, didn't we? There was something in the back rattling, which we might not have heard. Yes. If it had a diesel engine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or if, even a petrol engine. At least engine. if it did have something making revs. <laughs> yeah. So if it had had some sort of engine in it, at least we wouldn't. It wouldn't have been so. We wouldn't have had to stop and move it. <laughs> no, we wouldn't, because it would have just been part of the noises that the thing was making. Yeah. So, I don't know. I find that. I find that a bit challenging that manufacturers are going to be out there trying to differentiate products when ultimately when you get in them there's only so only so well you can design suspension within a cost mm -hmm. i mean if you've got half a million if you're buying a rolls royce rolls royce spent a lot of time and a yeah, lot of, course, of engineering yeah. money to and get <laughs> having entire teams who are having <laughs> daily meetings about how to make the suspension make no sound whatsoever whilst going over Everest. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's their... Or wants to hit a British pothole and not yes. make any noise. <laughs> Which is the equivalent to riding over... The Mariana the... Trench. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, you know, and they really concentrate on that, but they're selling vehicles in the quarter of a million pounds upwards mark. Yeah. So they're able to say, okay... They're this... selling vehicles in the house market. <laughs> what yes, they're they're doing. Oh, yes, they're... <laughs> that's a really good point, actually, yeah. But the fact that those companies who you think would have gone i mean they they've spent well, i've talked about suspension but they've spent the last i don't know 50 60 70 years trying to make their engines whisper mm -hmm. so they never sound strained so the occupants yeah. always think they have a million horsepower and everything just sort of wafts along well 
if the answer had been a battery, surely they would have, they would have done it by now. Yeah. 60 years ago. <laughs> yeah. They'd have gone, well, actually, but because you still get a whirring noise. I think people who haven't yet driven an EV might not like get this. There is still a powertrain noise. It's not a battery directly feeding a wheel. It's a battery feeding an electric motor, which is turning a wheel. Yeah. But the tyre roar, the brakes, the electric motor spinning, the suspension, all those noises are still happening. It's just you're really aware of them. Um, so, I don't know... I'm not saying that an electric vehicle isn't an answer for taxis because I think it makes a lot of sense if a taxi just moves around in a city and you want to reduce the pollution that people breathe in a city, Yeah. then we sort of fence that pollution out off somewhere else where they build them, you know, and then or make the electricity. But I don't know whether it's a sound deadening thing. I don't know whether it's a um, just an engineering aspect that they can't beat or just you just can't beat tire roar and rain being hit up the side of a vehicle yeah <laughs> I mean, maybe that is it you can make them as quiet as you want but certain noises on the road will always be there yeah i think that's true and they've been hidden for a 100 years by you know whatever. engines yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it'd be an interesting um it'd be an interesting battle actually to see if you know over the next say 10 years or whatever, if, if manufacturers do continue down this vein, yeah, um, whether they can sort of get to a point where they're able to develop suspension and sound deadening that does... Then again, if you had no noise whatsoever, you might feel like you're not in a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was, that was my... Um, that was my elements of the podcast that I wanted to bring up for you, Sam. I think the... The the main part for me, though, is going back to the start, is that sometimes when we're playing top trumps or when we're comparing cars, I think now we know, you know, for most elements of motoring, you know, off-road is probably still one of those areas where good mechanical engineering probably still can hold its, hold its own against the latest electrical stuff. Because, yeah. you know, even Land Rover now, they, they do go down terrain response systems mm -hmm. of software uh, but they still need the hardware you know you can't just yeah. put a car on a set of worn out knackered tires and send it up a mud bath it just <laughs> won't do it you know and only give it front wheel drive it just will not you know you still need the mechanical engineering part of it and speed or in the enjoyment of driving you know taking a car around a twisty section of road and getting the most out of it I wonder if we're actually there yet. Mm. I think we're there for the naught to sixty because that's, yeah, that's a fairly easy target to hit. All yeah. you're trying to do is make a metal object move, move from, from there to there <laughs> as quickly as possible. Yeah, you know, in a straight line. Once you add in the elements of braking and suspension and everything else, all the and stuff hills. that uh, old Top Gear they used to run it around a track. Yeah, and that's what you would see. You know, every car got ran around the, the track and. So, uh, what was it, the, when the Bugatti Veyron came out, and everyone was like, well, that'll probably do it in sub yeah. one minute. And it didn't. It was no. it was slower than a, quite a good crop of the sort yeah. of top-end supercars because they were built to go around corners. Whereas this was made to go in a straight line. Quickly. Really fast. <laughs> and, and when it did get opened up down the straight, it rocketed, but it yeah. couldn't make up for everything that it had lost around the corners. I kind of, 
hope they bring I hope it's car testing gets a bit more less back. straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll have to that'll have to be our car review, Sam. Bent car reviews with yeah. <laughs> The curved car review. Yeah, the curved car review. Do you know what? That's not actually a bad CCR. For, uh... Yeah. I don't mind that for a... Uh... CCR from the TMD. <laughs> Do you reckon Koenigs they could get on our backs if we call it the CCR? No, that was a CCX, wasn't it? Oh, didn't they do a CCR? CCXR. They did. They didn't do a CCR. Ooh. It's all good. We're Test- fine. Tested Sam's Koenigs knowledge there. <laughs> Got an answer. But yeah, um, I quite like that for uh, the car review because... What a car review's becoming more and more just being driven, you know, at 30, yeah, pressing buttons on them and saying they're mm-hmm. quite nice, which is like testing a fridge, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I quite like the I say the old Top Gear way of right, well, we've we've driven this around for 10 minutes and now let's actually see whether, it, whether yeah. it's quick or not. And then you see that an MX5 is actually for what it is, it has a pretty goes pretty well. It's only a, you know, say it's a couple of seconds off a Porsche 911, you're like. Oh, yeah, I, I can. I'll take the MX5 <laughs> for twenty yeah. grand versus eighty grand. If I'm going to be two seconds a lap slower around a, some track, that you know, <laughs> I'll I'm willing to take that definitely. Know. Whereas, of course, if you race them in a straight line, you're like, well, the Porsche finished, and the Mazda's still, still going. Waiting for the <laughs> <laughs> a bus has finished. Yeah. And, you know, the driver's now standing next to me. <laughs> is happening. Yeah. Anyway, Sam, you got anything to add on to this podcast? I don't, but I've got something for the next podcast. Oh, yeah, our new on. tradition that we've got now of teasing everyone before the next but podcast. But you have to actually remember. Oh, yeah, you'll remember because it's something right. for you as well. Okay. So, a thing for next time, which will be a bit of a discussion point, and I want you to come with an answer. I want you to come back with, now, February 2023, what... Yeah, that's right, don't worry. Yeah. You can buy... Money's no object. You can buy... One car. Are we talking new or are we talking... You can buy one brand new car. All right, okay. What are you going to buy? One. And that's it. That's what you've got. This for our listeners to take away and think as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can buy one brand new car and that's it. That's it for... I'm hesitant to say I'm hesitant to say forever. So let's say for an indefinite amount of time until it was to break and then you'd have to buy another one. But you can only have one. Do you do you have an answer for this already? Uh, in in my head, I do, but I'm going to have to go away and think about it a bit more. And we're we're open on budgets on things like this. Literally unlimited. But it's got to do everything for you. So it's yeah, like to... you could come back and say, "I want to buy a five million pound Bugatti," and I will question you as to why that's a sensible choice for your life. Yeah, like if you need to go and get your lunch, from yeah, a supermarket, you are going to have to take gonna, that Bugatti yeah, in February. <laughs> it's sleeting. Yeah. And then you're going to have to pay 20 grand for an oil But I'm just yeah. interested into how your perceptions of what you want from automotiveness has changed as you get older. Yeah. Because you know if what? you'd have asked 18-year-old us, you would have said Ferrari. or You'd be like, oh, well, I'll get an Aston Martin because that can go anywhere. It's a Grand Tour. I can mm. take that to shops or I can take it around the Nürburgring. But I'm just interested to see the perceptions of adults compared to children. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I just thought it might be an interesting no, question. No, I like that. Slightly different stuff we've and done before. If you're listening, I think play it like play along with that because there might be a, a car that comes up in your head straight away. When you said it then, Yeah. I sort of all, I started to have an answer already I'll tell you formulated. what, right now, grab, you've then, got a bit of paper in front of you now. Yeah. Grab your, pe- grab your, you've got some paper, yeah? I've got a bit of right. paper. Right, you've got a pen? No, hold on. Okay, I'll write. I'll write down mine. Hang on. So it's not very good content. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you write down. And I'll write down. If write down home, now your immediate thoughts 
and obviously you guys can do the same because this is as you know we've told you before we sort of record in blocks of two but this is our second one of this block so we've got a week before we do our next recording you guys have got a week before you hear the next podcast so write down or think of your initial thought now and then think about it over the week and then we'll reconvene next week and see whether we are going to stay with what we said or whether we had a thought and mm. we thought something more sensible. I think once you start opening your mind out to... Because as I say, a lot of people may have a car in their head. That's yeah. sort of like, oh, if I could get one of these, I'd be really happy. But then when you say, but you've got to keep it for a long time. Yeah. So And it's going to be your daily driver. Yeah. And it's going to be your weekend driver. Yeah. So... Uh, and there's no, we're not going to, I'm not going to be really, really pinnicky. So if you want something that a car manufacturer makes, but we can't get it in this country. And that it's was going to be my next question. Yeah. I'm not going to be, it's not that harsh. Okay. So it's not if, that finite because we yeah. do have listeners from everywhere. So it's, it's a, it it's be, a, uh, if a car company makes it and it's for sale new yeah. now okay. in February 23, oh, then you can in, have it. Uh, that so, adds in some cars that haven't come to the UK. Yeah. That I've yeah. Been, uh, yeah. That's a good one. I like that. Um, the I suppose the only question left for me is that have you got have you when you're when you're thinking about buying it have you got to take into account the costs of running it as well? So this was, I was a bit hesitant with that. I thought we might sort of play a bit ambiguous with that and okay. say, Ooh, that's fine. No, that's yeah." Fine. <laughs> I just just in case we'll have some listeners who maybe are a bit younger and are like, "Well, I've won a Bugatti Chiron." Yeah, and well, I'm like, yeah, it's just that, that, yeah. that's going to cost you twenty grand to do an oil change and. Like a hundred gram, not yeah. We'll gram, be, but we'll, like, you know, fifty gram for a new set. Of we will conveniently ignore that side of it if that makes yeah, sense. Because yeah, I think fine. it will ruin the test a little bit if we say, well, you've got to look after it as well. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's I not. I just what think I'm it's got. Anyway, yeah, it's just but... got to be. You, you will have to fill it up. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But the maintenance costs. Let's say that the government have come up with a brand new scheme where all car maintenance is free. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or manufacturers now throw in car maintenance when you buy it. And so. I assume you, we can ignore that. Um, People don't need to think too hard about future emissions restrictions. No, but because, can, well, for example, let's say you you're looking at a car today, yeah, and they make two versions, yeah, and you could buy, say, a hybrid one, or you could buy a, a I don't know, a, a petrol one, yeah, or a diesel one. Um, you don't, you haven't got to just push yourself to the plug-in one, thinking not necessarily, that but it will be, be it will be part of the conversation because yeah. there are, like you said, there's different engines offered. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be a consideration. I'm just thinking, but well, I'm not going along the lines of there's the ban coming in for all combustion no, engines. No. Okay, that's fine. No, that's fine. But taxes may rise for diesels, for example. I've so. heard uh, very la- quick last bit of news. I've heard that there's a plan in the UK to increase the tax being charged for all vehicles 2017 newer. Brilliant. <laughs> but it's going to be like quite a substantial rise i don't know it's a proposal so i'm not going to go too far into it because yeah. it's not there's proposals every other day yeah. but when i heard it i was like that's not you know an extra 50 quid a year that's several times the amount that they're talking about so interesting um and you know i again if they were doing it for brand new cars i'd kind of get it that that's the new rule yeah but to but to backdate it it's a bit yeah <laughs> that's like well that's grandfathered in on that yeah you know it's like my car it's Okay, it's a very high amount to pay per tax, yeah, per tax year. But if they turn around and said, "Oh, well, now it's ten grand a year to tax," we're like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, we shall catch you in the next one. Yep. Bye.